welcome to the Green Techpreneur podcast. Today we're going to be talking about seaweed. It's the underrated story of our time, the ultimate regenerative crop. Along with shellfish, it's one of the few farmed foods with a net positive environmental impact. Seaweed requires no fresh water to grow, and if farmed organically, it can help keep our oceans clean and fight climate change. It's also a commercial success story. Since 2018, the seaweed category has grown by 63% with strong double-digit growth year on year. Today, I'll be speaking to the co-founders of Gimme Seaweed, the first organic seaweed snack company in the US, Annie Chun and Steve Broad, to share their journey to building and growing a brand that's both delicious, nutritious, and good for the planet. Thanks for being on the podcast with me. Hello. Good morning. Thank you. Um, could, could we start by going into how you got started as entrepreneurs and with the idea of, of building Gimme Seaweed? We had a prior company named Andy Chun's that we had developed and ended up selling and was inspired by thinking what she might do with her home country, that being Korea. Mm -hmm. And we landed on seaweed and she had the idea to innovate and actually make it organic. So that was kind of the unlock of the opportunity. We made it um, the Korean traditional pantry item into snacking items. And so it was easier delivery to U.S. consumer to uh, accept and learn to consume. And so so you said that you you made it an organic seaweed brand. Did, what was that process like? Was it difficult to find suppliers for for the organic side? How did you how did you negotiate setting that up? I'm curious as to how the you know the seaweed market has developed in general, being something that's grown dramatically in the last couple of years, but it was still, especially when you started, still quite nascent. Indeed, it was a lot of work for us to coordinate between the Korean Control Union and the USDA. And then also to, as you say, find a supplier because organic wasn't in the vocabulary mm. in Korea, mm -hmm. nor non-GMO. So yeah. we had a lot of work to actually get that all put together. And uh, it took a lot of time. And as, so so do you, where do you import from, import the seaweed from? South Korea. Ah, okay. Wow. So you imported organic seaweed from South Korea. Could you just uh, tell me a little bit about yeah, the, the the products that you developed, the snacks you developed, and how you managed to to make your your, your break into the market? Yeah, again, as Anne mentioned, <clears throat> she really had the innovation idea of making kind of that Korean item into a snack. Yeah. And second, we had really had a strong focus on quality. And I think third, we uh, created a brand that was more mainstream than the mm -hmm. current market had been. And so uh, your, your, your early, who are your early adopters? Whole Foods was really one of our great customers and continues to be. Um, I think they kind of were pioneering sort of that organic non-GMO platform in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we were fortunate that the buyer really supported uh, what we were doing as well. And what what was what was that journey like? Was it let's say easy to find your your initial buyers or market entry point, or did you have to you know map that out and 
go through a process of knocking on, you know, hundreds of doors. Yeah. I mean, fortunately we had a long time experience in relationships having uh, created the Andy Chun's brand. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, there were other competitors who already established marketplace. So it wasn't easy for us. And it was a lot of legwork, as you mentioned, yeah. um, to just get that initial first customer, second customer. And um, and you you work together, you, you're a family business, right? And uh, you're both business and life partners. So what is that dynamic like? And how do you actually negotiate and navigate, um, you know, we're working and living and, and and being together, well, maybe not 24-7, but for a, a lot of the day. <laughs> I think it's really essential to have common goal. Mm -hmm. You almost have to be a one person, even if you're two separate people. Mm -hmm. And um, beyond marriage and beyond business, just as an individual, can we walk this path together as a mm -hmm. common goal? And certainly <laughs> hasn't been easy, uh, but um, we're being, we've known each other like 35 years. Mm -hmm. We have two uh, beautiful grown up kids, <laughs> adults, young adults, and two businesses. So one can only imagine lots of uh, ups and downs and yeah. tears and sweats, but um, it's really important to really see that light at the end of the tunnel and that is the goal that you have and then we can just walk that path together and then we're actually a best friends yes. we think alike we act like we're really a best friend yeah yeah um, it's certainly love and mutual respect and we also have complementary skills but also kind of bring it together where you know that genesis needs to happen i i mean i couldn't i couldn't have done two businesses by myself in so he couldn't either. <laughs> it was almost like that was the path we had to walk together. Yeah, I I, I love that uh, what you said about you know you have the same goal as if you're one person, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so so you're walking in unity in the same direction. Uh, so what what do you love the most about what you do? You know, I think seeing people enjoy the product is just really a mm -hmm. a blessing all the time and. It also, and, and what's amazing is to see the wide range of ethnicities that enjoy the seaweed. So, you know, we over-index compared to other better-for-you snacks mm -hmm. amongst a range of ethnicities, which is wonderful. Good point. Mm -hmm. And I think also making the difference of bringing nutrition into the American diet and especially an option for children and getting to that green vegetable, yeah. savory challenge that we have to adopt into our diet that will take us off the sugar and sweet that we start with. Mm, I think that's, that is such an important point because what do we consider or look at as a snack? Most of the time, what do you see in a store? It's, you know, at least, you know, it's crisps, uh, a chocolate bar, <laughs> but having something that's actually healthy, right? It's green. And turning that into a snack, I think, is a real achievement. And it's it's good, like, you know, not just for, for the planet as far as the impact of seaweed, but it's really good for, for people too. I, I want to move into a little bit. You're you're a, a B, B2C uh, consumer brand. So I, I would love to get some of your, your advice on marketing and speaking to customers and on 
bringing in you know a new new innovative product into a market and actually making it a success uh obviously there's you know i i think that the 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 b2c world is quite different from business to business and it's something that i think a lot of other entrepreneurs especially climate entrepreneurs would would benefit from hearing about you know kind of understanding what you have as a product and understanding you know where the consumer is in and and what they're seeking Mm-hmm. And then how you bring that together. Um, I think sometimes there has to be sort of what helps in the beginning for us was kind of that when we even started in the farmer's market, just kind of that direct to con- seeing the consumer as opposed to just trying to look at a data story and figure out what what needs to happen. Um, and then it's how you create the brand, the values that you try to embody in order to how do you create that consumer love and how do you, you know, that brand love, that's really, that's where the magic happens. I think it's really um, helpful for me and in my journey that when I first went out to farmer's market, I believe it was 1991. um, I knew nothing about, you know, making food and Mm -hmm. consumer. I just taught myself to do that. And I never forget the feelings that I had in that early in the morning, like I think it was like six in the morning, the the just refreshing and feeling like you're in charge of your life and mm-hmm. you're about to go to this very refreshing journey. Mm-hmm. And from that, personally, I've always just connected with myself mm-hmm. as who I am and what I have learned in the US because I'm an immigrant. I came here in 1976. Mm-hmm. As a young adult, as who I was from Korea, I was born in Seoul, Korea, mm-hmm. and what I learned in the U.S. through my jobs, and then by the time I was 35 at the farmer's market, that became Annie, and that transpired everything I've done so far, I believe, and that is based on really wanting to be myself and how to share the love and experience that you as an individual have it, but then you're not really calculating, I'm gonna put that into a global stage or US market stage. I did it truly by, as a friend, neighbor, one by one. And by doing so, I learned tremendously, um, you know, a lot about what American culture is, how they connect, what they like. It just came to me somewhat through naturally by doing that experience. And I think that's the base of our uh, reach to our market and reach to buyers. <laughs> I, I really love that. It's, yeah. it's, uh, what, what, what comes through so much is the passion that you have for, you know, for the journey and how you started, you know, with that feeling of, you know, going, going to the market and actually speaking to people and yeah, that, that entrepreneurial passion, which, which was just, actually sharing something you love with other people, right? And then looking for ways to connect and, and share that with them. So it was a very organic, natural approach, I guess, to 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 brand building. And uh and did you ever did you ever imagine back then in those early days of of starting in the farmers market that it would grow into the the company that it is today? No. no. <laughs> uh, I did. Oh you <laughs> did, okay. <laughs> I remember, Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> one time, I remember uh, from very big CPG company, uh, a gentleman from Korea, 
they ended up purchasing our NHN. But one of the person um, asked me, do you see your brand to be a, a household brand? And um, I had to think a couple of minutes, but I did answer yes. And then actually NHN became household brand. Mm. And I love it. And it's just been a great journey. Yeah. And finding myself and connecting with people and sharing my passion and love and, mm -hmm. and also consumer teaches me a lot, right? It's just yeah. a very cycle of learning experience and who I can be now without consumer, without my journey. I don't think I, I can speak like that. And what were some of the, the, the key, let's say pivotal moments or, or, elements of, of serendipity or luck that you know ha has led to the brand oh actually before we go into that could you maybe share just uh give an overview of the impact that you actually that you have now you know where where you're at where 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 the brand is sold yeah i mean we're a national brand we also uh are national in canada as well and more and more picking up a lot of conventional retailers i think the growth in seaweed, even in the last two years and then within the last year, I mean, the trajectory is definitely kind of a quantum change. And um, do you have any, you know, statistics on, let's say, the the um, amounts of seaweed that's grown or imported or? Gosh, I mean, offhand, I can't quote some numbers that specific, but I think, you know, we're into the multiple tons of seaweed and wow. think of yeah. the the acidification that that represents it's yeah. a so um what what were the the key moments or, or pivotal moments or, or elements of the journey that stand out to you as being sort of um a turning point let's say in in getting to where you are today yeah i think you know even just from the beginning the serendipity of finding the first supplier and you know that connection and Yes, the Whole Foods buyer kind of anointing that, yes, we're going to bring in Gimme into the store. Those kind of, you know, even after we have experience, it still took those kind of lucky, you know, or luck meets a work hard work opportunity yeah. um, to get it going. I think Steve spoke very gently about that. I can speak a little bit more with my feelings <laughs> on that part. Even let's say going into Whole Foods in the very beginning, it wasn't easy, even if we were experienced food entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of gates and very challenging questions and you have to really learn and adapt and, and provide so that you, know, you can have that opportunity. So going into Whole Foods, right away it was a really good break for us. But personally, um, when we first started, I was creator. Steve was a business part partner. I was a salesperson. I was making cold calls. So I can't really say which, uh, I, I rather not say which account, but you know, there are times that it was very challenging to really persuade the buyer, even if you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And then, and then you get rejection and then time pass away. And then you get into, you're in a, some other setting that with a lot of food industry and you run into someone else that who just helps you right there mm -hmm. of all your agonies. So those are kind of like, okay, if I didn't walk this path, yeah. I would not have the break also. Mm -hmm. you, 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 we get a lot of 
rejection and failure, but it seems like that's not really failure because you just get up and keep walking that path again and again. It may take you four years later, five years later, but then door opens for you again with that story related. Mm. And then that is the kind of lessons that I learned from my life that no matter what happened, you need to walk on that path. Then you will have a break. And yeah. failure is not a bad thing because you make you make your situation much better from that learning. And um, how would you describe your journey in three words, three adjectives? For me, I'd say amazing, challenging, and rewarding. For me, um, dream, visualize, work hard. Wow. <laughs> I love it. It's it's the combination between dreaming, visualizing it, and putting the action, the action steps behind it. Yeah, and and also what you were saying about resilience, right? And just being very gritty. I haven't met or spoken to a single entrepreneur who you know didn't have to go through some very challenging times or just have a lot of uh, pure perseverance c combined with those those moments, right? Of, of breakthrough. Um, what, what does the future hold for, for Gimme Seaweed? You know, it feels like seaweed's still in its, the early innings person of, of, of adoption and of, of awareness and of, yeah. of utilization. Mm -hmm. What's amazing as much as we have made it a snack, I mean, seaweed can be used in so many range, you know, as ingredient to wrap, to roll. I mean, and, and just always injecting a little bit of that savory green, mm -hmm. you know, high nutrition density fed into into a meal sprinkle on eggs or etc so a lot of opportunity for education um and you know it, as i say it's it's just starting to get more and more adoption but it will be interesting to see what what how it unfolds yeah and what do you see as as untapped opportunities in, in the market because i i mean i know now like seaweed is growing Algae is growing. It's like we're just, like you said, only just recently starting to catch on to this idea that, oh, we can actually start harvesting things in the ocean and it can be good for the ocean and, and good for us. So do you see other areas of the market that are perhaps untapped or, or where where there may be, you know, some some entrepreneur, someone going into in the future? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing, I mean, seaweed has so many range of uses across, yeah. you know. In businesses and you know in, in commercial and consumer yeah i mean it's a big opportunity for us as in humanity to harvest our oceans and really cultivate seaweed and plant-based foods in the ocean as well as what we do on at, on land um so I'll, I'll move into um my my final five personal questions that uh i ask my my green techpreneur interviewees um, what's your mantra or life philosophy? I mean, I think it's, you know, work hard, respect others, listen, learn constantly, appreciate, you know, mm -hmm. from, from your suppliers to your employees, to your customers, you know, just respect and appreciation and hard work and focus. For me recently, uh, last past about, seven years or so, I personally had to learn much harder lesson through my journey is that learn to be patient and 
try to take the higher road. What do you do on a day off or when it's time to unwind? I normally play with my dog. She's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of joy and she's young. So I, she makes me run around and I throw balls with her and walk with her. That's a big joy. And I love listening to music and visiting my family, talking to my kids. Yeah. We don't get too much online time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> Not too much, yeah. It's basically 24-7. This is why I like asking this question because, uh, you know, I, I don't promote 24-7 hustle culture in the green techpreneur. So I like asking entrepreneurs, what do you do to unwind? <laughs> it's so important, I think, that in the entrepreneurial path, we discuss that as well. Uh, you know, in, instead of, I mean, obviously, there there's the work and there's the entrepreneurial path, but then it's, uh yeah success with balance I, I suppose um do you have any any daily rituals that you do or things that help keep you grounded mm, try to walk every day and then um I, I guess maybe I am hard on myself but I remind myself I am good as this moment and just focus on this moment mm. yeah mm. I try to focus on now yeah nice yeah um, is there a mentor or role model who has been highly influential in your life? For me, it's my mother <laughs> who passed away, yeah. Um, and final question, if you could teleport yourself into the future and be anywhere doing anything, where would you be and why? Italy. <laughs> Italy. Oh! That's a no-brainer <laughs> for us, yeah. <laughs> In Hawaii, I'll have a difficult time choosing one another. I have to go back and forth. <laughs> uh, what would you be doing? Learn to cook, learn to surf. Something I've never done. Love to learn how to paint. Um, just learn their local theme. I love both areas. Hospitality, so mm -hmm. warm. Especially mm -hmm. if you go into more not as a tourist area people are so warm and hospitable and would love to share that and learn about their cultures we were just there for a couple of weeks so oh, <laughs> it's nice. on our mind oh great yeah enjoying but the hawaii, hawaii is a beautiful hawaii. Yeah. yeah hawaii is such a nice place people are so gentle and nice mm. yeah. love that and then you know Love to explore different places, I guess. Haven't gone to Australia yet and New Zealand. I think that would be a great place to visit too. <laughs> well, there's lots of exploring ahead then. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a chance to, to pass the reins of the <laughs> of the day-to-day -day management, I guess, on to. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, before we wrap up, do you have any any you know final words, maybe or 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 advice or tips that you would share with other people who are who are on the entrepreneurial path? I think you know it's it's a matter of, yeah, really, you know, I mean, you want to be out there, but you want to kind of make sure you're in touch with like what are you actually doing? Are you 
you know, what's the actual economics of what you're trying to do and what's that, what's that market going to look like? Um, because it's easy to kind of jump in and then all of a sudden you're spending money. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're not like understanding what the future, you know, having a sense of where you're trying to be or what you need to accomplish and what points can say, okay, I got to bounce out of this or not. It's easy to kind of roll and then, you know, so that kind of economic finance piece is always tricky or even what kind of capital you bring in and yeah. how it might support you or not, you know, after you put in so much hard work to get to a certain place. That, that makes so much sense. And it's such a good, good piece of advice as well. You know, com com combine the, the passion and the ideas with actually looking at the numbers, the market and, and doing the maths. Yeah. yeah, having a sense of what, you know, without trying to constrain yourself, it's easy. I mean, you know, the answer is what it is if you don't start. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes a bit of both, isn't it? Jump in with both feet, get started, but then do the maths, because if not, you, you can end up wearing yourself to the ground. Right? Oh, very yeah. easily. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today. Well, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so Great. much. Yeah. Great yeah. to meet you. Thank you. You too.